0: Welcome to Beyond Bitcoin, a podcast about all things digital assets, the global communities they are creating, the generations that are using and investing in them, and the challenges faced by the nations that are seeking to regulate them content of this program is not to be taken as investment advice. The opinions expressed in the program by the host and the guests are their personal opinions only. Remember, feel free to subscribe and share with like-minded friends. My name is Derek Graham. I'm the CEO of Portal Asset Management and my co-host is Nitin Gower, Managing Director of State Street Digital Assets. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome along to another episode of Beyond Bitcoin. My name is Derek Graham and I'm here with my friend and colleague as normal, Nitin Gower. Hello Nitin.
1: Hey Derek, glad to be here and looking forward to this, I think we have a guest today.
0: We certainly do have a guest today. So Ben Rose has joined us today, which is great. Ben Rose is the Regional General Manager for Binance in Australia, New Zealand and the Pacific Islands. So hello Ben, thanks for coming along. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. So maybe let's start. I mean, Binance is such a leader in this field. It's, it's the biggest exchange in the world for a large period of time. It's always in the press and the newspaper, but it also sets a lot of the scene of what's happening in the marketplace. Maybe give a bit of a background of yourself and how you arrived to Binance Australia, and then let's have a bit of a chat about the marketplace and your investors.
2: Yeah, sure. So I, I actually started my journey with Binance early in 2022 as the first employee in New Zealand. So I started up the business over there, got the, got the exchange registered and built the team, built the customer base. And, and, and then earlier this year, in about March, took over the, the broader um, ANZ region. So now lucky enough to manage the teams in, in New Zealand, in Australia, looking after customers in both countries and, and also uh, in the Pacific Islands region.
0: Yes, of course, New Zealand's just another offshoot of Australia, of course, it's just it's the same country. <laughs> <laughs> so so, sure. violence, of course, <laughs> is now, like we are, starting to see the green shoots of this bull market return. And what comes with that, of course, is the you know is the exuberance of investing into the marketplace and and then hopefully, a higher level of knowledge base that's occurring in it. And so you guys, of course, are playing a, an active role in, in bringing new investors into the space, but at the same time, suggesting those investors you know, learn about the space, enter the space carefully, invest wisely. What sort of guidelines are you putting in place to be able to assist investors doing that?
2: Yeah so so look, I th- I think the approach that we take is the approach we take irrespective of whether it's a bear or a bull market. So the focus for us is always about growing adoption. And you know adoption grows with educational awareness and you know the the, the, the price of the, the the major coins doesn't you know doesn't hurt. Um people often you know FOMO in when when prices spike but for, for us education really is where everything starts. So we did we did some research actually a couple of months ago and, and our customers and non crypto customers told us the main barrier to entry into the market is that lack of understanding and education yeah. so we we focus all of our efforts into a thing called Binance Academy which is just it's it's pretty much free content 30 different languages all different levels from you know the very basic what is what is a token what is a coin what is a wallet what's a what's a cold wallet what's a, what's a hot wallet all the way up through the levels to very complex trading strategies and you know we we do courses through that because the one of the challenges as as you know is there's no lack of information out there it's just a question of knowing where to go and what the you know what the, what the objective good educational content is so we've we've sort of set that up as a separate part of our business not linked to selling trading specials or anything like that it's really just about education so that's all there online and then we 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 get out there and we work with universities and you know, we we were in in WA recently, in Sydney. We're going to the Gold Coast soon, and Melbourne. So, we you know we get out there and speak to students and others at universities, purely educating them on what this stuff is, how it works, why some people find it helpful, what what other things to watch out for, and a lot of that is how to manage risk in the space too. You know, it's it's new for everybody, and with anything new. There, there are opportunities, but of course there are risks, so that's, you know, a large part of that is educating people on how to safely engage in the space before they come in, but also once they're in, once they're on our platform, we, we you know, we make sure that we're, we're in, you know, ensuring people understand exactly what it is that they're doing, the risks, the risks and the opportunities, all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it really is kind of where everything starts for us.
0: Very much so. And, and tell me, these courses, are they are they run at certain periods? Are they video courses? Are they free? Or are they different levels? Tell me about that, because it's very important for education. It's what we do all the time. It's what Nitin and I sit here and both learn ourselves and share with others.
2: Hmm. Totally. So, so, yeah, look, it's all free. It's all free and it's all online, just like crypto, 24-7 we we do do scholarships and university courses as well which are more you know term based but the yeah the Binance academy content is is always there and, and it's always growing so yeah like i say 30 different languages and the con- you know we're always adding to the content and asking users what they want to see more of less of so it's a yeah it's a, it's a constantly evolving evolving beast started off in one language and it's just grown and grown and grown
1: yeah so one thing on this, Ben, is, you know, as you're educating your consumer base, which, you know, is growing on a daily basis, as as we all know, how does Binance Australia and, you know, the region, you know, how do you foster user engagement, community building amongst its, its consumers and customers? And are any of these initiatives in place that gather user feedback and act upon it in the sense that there's this whole cyclical element there's the the industry itself is very ephemeral things change on an hourly basis. How do you deal with that and keep up with not just education, but also user engagement, if, if that makes sense?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a lot of users across the region, about a million in Australia, about 300,000 in New Zealand. And so obviously online is one of the major ways we, we communicate with them, whether it's through our customer service team or, or social media. And we're very active on all of the different social media channels with with kind of fostering that that sense of community and getting feedback from them both ways. Um, but we we do a lot of in-person events too so we have a schedule of user meetups all around the country they're always happening where we'll we'll talk about you know key themes i suppose in finance or also in uh, crypto more broadly we'll get we, we use those as a key source of feedback too and then so we, we feed all of that um, feedback that comes in locally through to our global team and if you if you have a look on x and you look up the hashtag binance build you'll see that every single week. There's a new feature or enhancement released on the Binance platform, and that's all based off uh, user feedback. So it's a, you know, u- user feedback and user experience is a really, you know, live ongoing conversation for us because that's our, that's our business, right, is, is making sure that our users are getting what they want and they're engaged. And so, yeah, that's that's probably the output that you'll see of that. But yeah, what's the size media of
0: Binance? Give us some metrics of the, it on a global basis. Ben, can you give us some metrics on the size of Binance worldwide? Maybe the number of customers, it's turnover, it's capitalization, something to give us an understanding of. and also where it sits amongst the other major exchanges of the world.
2: Yeah, no worries. So so we've got about 150 million users around the world. And in terms of market share, we're we're Depending on the month, we're anywhere between forty and fifty percent of overall trading volume. Wow. So we're 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 definitely the biggest by by trading volume, and you know which which is great and it's a big number. But having said that, we're at such an early stage of the industry that you know that's a, that's a large market share of quite a small small pie. And so our focus is is really on growing that pie, growing adoption. So you know if you think about Australia, where there was a survey the ASX did recently, which said about a third of Australians have or have had some form of crypto. Well, that's two thirds that don't. And, 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 you know, the numbers are similar around the world. So there's a huge upside as we, you know, and we're starting to see some of that institutional interest coming in around the world. And, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go from that market cap of one trillion to goodness knows how much. We, we, we want to see that, that overall pie, the overall market growing. And, and of course, we'd like to, you know, maintain uh, the leading share within it, too.
1: Yeah. So Ben, can you, you know, expanding on that uh, in terms of markets and in terms of partnerships and collaborations is Binance Australia actively seeking partnerships with the local financial institutions, uh, blockchain startup companies, for instance, or any of the existing traditional finance market participants to strengthen its position, as we've seen around the world, that the Coinbase of the world are going after institutional investors or many of mm-hmm. your exchanges and competitors are heading in that direction. Love to get your perspective. And also, can you share any plans to introduce new products or features tailored in local markets, which, again, I've always found that finance is very contextual in nature, both in terms of regulatory elements, but also in terms of the the thesis and the sentiments of the local community. Love to get your perspective on that, Ben, as you see it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, so, look in in terms of partnerships. So, the traditional financial industry, absolutely, we we look to engage with them. So, we and we do that as part of Blockchain Australia, with the with the fantastic team there. But we also do that independently. And so, you know, we're we're talking to most of the major banks about accessing fiat yeah, on ramp and off ramp for our users, which right. we we currently don't have. And that, you know, those are discussions that lots of lots of exchanges are having with with them too. And I think. You know, part of that discussion is the sort of evolving regulatory landscape in Australia. So, you know, we're we're we part of discussions with with the banks, yeah. with the industry bodies. So that's a you know, that's a sort of evolving, evolving discussion. In terms of local fintechs, we 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 do we invest in quite a lot of blockchain startups globally. We've got a venture capital arm called Binance Labs, which yeah. I believe is the world's biggest blockchain investor by by market cap. We've got about seven billion. US dollars and funds under investment at the moment so we're always having conversations with businesses around the world including some currently in Australia about about investment about partnerships and so yeah I I, I can't make any announcements specifically now because those are still in discussion but there certainly certainly will be some around the world and certainly will be some in Australia coming soon yeah
1: and so and you know one follow on that right how do you how do you and how does finance Australia and, and Oceania view collaboration as a means to address regulatory challenges and enhances offerings because at you know at many level and this is a global sort of landscape around regulatory and compliance sort of frameworks where they are trying when i say they i mean the the entire you know college of regulators around the world are trying to Mm -hmm. apply the same rules of engagement for crypto as they have done for traditional finance but of course Mm -hmm. it's a different asset class which has different sort of uh, you know rules of engagement different technology love to get your perspective is some of the collaboration that you talk about. Besides the on ramp off ramp, which I think is ne- necessary for the broader participation. Are you viewing some of these collaboration as one way to address regulatory challenges and enhance your offerings to say it's going to be mainstream? I'd love to get your perspective of, of if, if you can share some nuggets around that.
2: Yeah, sure. So, so you'll you'll know right now we're we're in the consultation phase for regulation in Australia, which is fantastic. We've been, as an industry, we've been calling for it and waiting for it. So we're, we're deep in the details right now of the consultation that Treasury has put out that closes in December. And then we're looking at looking at that being introduced in 2024. So that's, that's great because like all jurisdictions around the world, you know, that hadn't yet set out their positions, there wasn't that clarity for players in the market but we're not the only player in the market. And, and so the discussions with the likes of Treasury, AUSTRAC, ASIC, the Reserve Bank, have been had by us individually, but also by others in the market collectively. So I mentioned earlier the industry body, Blockchain Australia, that's a really great way that all of the different players have come together to engage with, with the banking industry, with regulators. And, and I have to say in Australia, the regulators are very open to dialogue um with with industry um and you know that's that's so so in terms in terms of participation we've you know we've done that and you just wouldn't achieve that unilaterally as an as an individual organization because you know the the discussions come with the weight of all of those players around the table so that yeah that's that that's probably you know i I think partnership is the key way we've we've engaged with regulators there next year is going to be a big year for us as an industry and I i think it's exciting for it's exciting for Australians. It's exciting for exchanges, but also I think it will be interesting to see what licensing brings to that relationship between the banking sector and exchanges, because the banking sector itself is starting to get into the blockchain space now. We've seen some really interesting pilots over the last year or so between some of the some of the big big banks and yeah, and regulators in Australia. So I, I think. This is an evolving space that won't just be about exchanges anymore it's going to be about the traditional financial industry and how how it engages so i think i think it's great that we'll all be on a sort of level playing field in terms of terms of licensing
0: and it's particularly good to see that the industry is having an opportunity to speak as a whole and have input i'm there's a certain pang in me that says i'm actually quite proud of what australia's legislators are doing because I'm seeing some pretty appalling legislation getting touted in some countries around the world we know who they are (laughs) we know who you are as the saying goes and (laughs) and and so what we're seeing is we're seeing not, not, not a bipartisan approach. We are seeing a bipartisan approach to this in Australia. Both parties are interested in providing regulations that make sense here. There's not a lot of fight between the two of them. And, and we're seeing you know, these new regulations relating, you know, the pr- proposed platform that came out relating to digital assets in, in October this year. It just makes common sense. They're talking about having an AFSL provided to the the main exchanges. They're talking about some aspects of the existing financial regulations being imposed, which just makes sense. And they're actually turning around and saying, we acknowledge that other aspects, certain digital activities, have additional obligations, they say, to be able to set regulation around those things like tokenization, staking, and network validation, things like these are different to traditional industry. And the regulations are looking at how to cope with those and how to build them. So personally, it looks very positive on the outset. you feel the same?
2: Yeah, I, I do. I think what's become really interesting over the last 18 months or so is we've seen jurisdictions around the world coming out with their regimes. If you know, if you think about, you know, it started, started off with VARA, but then you look at MECA in, in Europe. So mm. jurisdictions are coming out with frameworks which mm-hmm. give operators and their customers clarity and interestingly that then puts you know that puts pressure on regulators in other markets to come to the party and come out with with what's right for their country because this is an international industry and so so i i think this is a big opportunity for australia to be one of the leaders and conversely having you know if they weren't to do it it would have been a risk of being left behind so i I think it's it's great that they're doing it the devil's always in the detail but you know we we've been as an industry calling for it the treasury have responded and you know we'll 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 see what that what that looks like next year but early signs are you know pretty positive
1: yeah so one thing ben again thanks this is fascinating and just a question on risk and and security practices right there's something which i've yeah. been focused on as a technologist both in terms mm-hmm. of the requirements from various regulatory and compliance bodies around the world to say hey yeah. there are security practices and technologies so I'd love to understand what are those that is employed by Binance Australia to employ to safeguard customer assets and maintain that integrity of this platform, which I think being one of the most dominant platforms, global platforms, you know, one, is Binance Australia different from the rest of the world, or you have a unifying standard that you apply, and then you have a flavor of the local uh, requirement, because all these are very contextual, both from expectation from the masses and second thing is how often do does finance australia and i would say you know australia new zealand as a company conduct security audits and assessments, which i would imagine will be a requirement as it is in the united states as as i work with the industry i love Mm -hmm. to understand that dynamic as you deal with it and is that a cost imperative for you
2: yeah okay absolutely so so the way we operate which is how all of our markets operate and similar to lots of global tech companies is we will have global centers of excellence for economy of scale purposes but then locally we will have accountable individuals so so in australia we've got in our in our compliance team we've got we've got a compliance manager who actually is ex regulator herself we've got a money laundering uh, reporting officer who is actually ex banking and over, over the top of those we've got a, a regional director who is also ex banking so they're supported by a number of others locally their job and uh, we've also got a local a local regulatory lawyer so their job is to take what our global teams do and make sure that we add on top of that any specific local requirements so that we're compliant to you know requirements from the likes of austrac for example so we we start off whenever we establish a local business we start off with the local regulations and what's required then we look at what's available from our global business and see where the gaps might be that we need Mm -hmm. to add on to locally so those you know specific requirements around might be proof of address might be required under AML laws in one country but not another, or you know whatever that might be. So so that's how we do that. we have We have regular audits internal and external across all different aspects of of what we do. We share those with regulators as you know as as most financial service organizations do. and the the local compliance team are the accountable people for that. So while we might have colleagues in another country executing, some controls the oversight of those controls all sits with the local team who are accountable to the local regulator so that's that's pretty much how it works and we have the same structure in New Zealand as well where the laws are similar but slightly different and the same same applies to our product sets available in each market so obviously you know definitions and allowable products under an AML registration in one country might be different in another country where you might need a securities license, yeah. for example. So that's some, that's something else that differs country to country, and it's all based on, you know, the local requirements. So yeah. in Australia, we the, the main agency that we would work with would be Austrac, who we're yeah. we registered with, obviously the ATO. We work closely with the AFP and, you know, we're as, as everyone does, we report suspicious transactions and those yeah. sorts of things. But we actually do some quite cool stuff where we bring our law enforcement team over from overseas and we've held workshops in person with the AFP and the ATO, helping them understand and upskill in terms of tracing and tracking transactions in their in their sort of law enforcement divisions. So yeah, we work pretty closely, pretty closely with those guys.
0: Well it certainly shows you as a solid citizen cool. here. And and people look at the Binance Exchange and the Binance capabilities as being something very impressive. I mean really. Your application, the, the, the services that you provide are you know, exceptionally impressive. They really are sort of large industry standard best of practice. But I'm really surprised about how you as an organisation are challenged with on-ramps and on-ramps, with off-ramps, with banking. It, it seems to me that, that particularly Binance, which is large and capable, you know shouldn't be challenged with on-ramps and off-ramps with banking what do you think's happening there ben no, I, th- I
2: think there's a, I think there's a couple of things i think i think we've probably evolved and matured as an organization locally so you know those people i spoke about who are ex-banking i've hired those and brought those people into the team deliberately so that we have more depth in our sort of you know understanding of operating within a, re- a regulatory yes. framework so you know pro- probably that's that's one thing that's happened is we we have evolved over the years I, th- I think the other one is the lack the lack of regulatory clarity has posed a challenge for some in the traditional finance sector who want to do the right thing and they they're trying to mitigate risk there is there is risk with something that's that's new there's and, and then there are, of course are also competitive pressures as well so i think i think the combination of all of those three things, which look, is not unique to Australia, right? it's, it's, it's we're seeing that globally, as we grow and mature as an organisation, as the TradFi industry gets into blockchain and crypto and more comfortable with it, and as the regulations emerge, I think we, we should end up with a, you know, a happier coexistence.
0: And so cool. for those that so, are actually trading on uh, Binance uh, in Australia, can you advise how do they currently on-ramp and off-ramp? into into Binance and do their trades on the Binance exchange and services here?
2: Yeah, sure. So in terms of fiat on ramping, crypto on ramping is really easy, obviously. Mm-hmm. In terms of fiat on ramping, we've got, you can go on and off via card, but also we've got a P2P marketplace that, that lots of people use as well. Um, and then on top of that, we've got some third parties on our platform who offer pay ID. Transfers as well, so banks are would be an example. So there are there are a few different ways. It's is it as smooth as I would like? Absolutely not. Are we working hard on making it smoother? Yes, we are. But those would be probably be the main the main ways at the moment.
1: And Ben, can you touch upon risk management as a technologist and as I'm, as someone who's focused solely on technology design? I oftentimes interface more with risk managers and looking into model risk management often large financial institution, and I think Binance would qualify as a financial institution mm-hmm. of sorts, mm-hmm. is is how does Binance, you know, uh, from an uh, Australian-New Zealand perspective, assess and manage risks that's related to volatile nature of cryptocurrency markets? And can you also elaborate on companies' risk management framework and procedures? I believe there were some global initiatives taken in terms of reducing the, the float and margin trading and so on and so forth, but I'd love to get if there's more refinement in terms of, you know, given the fact that crypto markets are notorious for being volatile and yeah. being notorious for, for, you know, being taken advantage of. So I'd love to get your perspective on that as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I we don't need to go into too much detail about internal operations cause it's a, you know, it's a private business. But what, what I would say is I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ex banking and the processes and practices we have are very, very familiar. So we have at a local regional and global level, all of the sorts of operational risk government frameworks that you would expect. You know we've of course that one of the great things about building a, a digital trading platform from scratch is that you're not beholden to any legacy issues you can build it the right way from the very beginning so in terms of transaction monitoring and velocity monitoring all of those sorts of things we build that into the platform which is great but then we overlay on top of that our our, our, our compliance resource and our law enforcement team so about about a quarter of all of our staff are purely focused on risk and compliance um, and it and it really is the vast majority of activity that happens inside the business. There's you know, there's that and there's sales and marketing and, and it you know it, it it is everything for us because look, as I said before, we're a six-year-old business. We've grown to this scale yeah. because people trust us with their assets and trust us to do the right thing. And so, you know, that that's that's it's key to us. It's really key. And I, I think one of the one of the, you know, the, the very first things we did was set up the Safu fund as a as a you know as an insurance fund. But, you know, that's one of the more visible things we've done day to day. We are consistently looking at all of our activities, looking at all of our customers, look at all the transactions and monitoring those to make sure that we are, you know, as much as we can mitigating risk. Probably as as detailed as I can be, I'm afraid.
1: No, I think it's very helpful. And I I actually, it's admirable, Ben, that if you're dedicating one fourth of your staff uh, in terms of doing the risk management i think that's commendable because i think that only protects uh the end consumer right and and binance as a as a a company so i i appreciate the response for sure Mm. Uh, derek over to you
0: and so also binance you're talking about investing in the future and you have you're one of the largest investors you're saying the largest investor in this space Mm. what sort of future products are you focusing on now and what do you see might evolve with the likes of web 3.0 rationale of thinking and rationale of operations and are you leaning into web 3.0 as a primary Um, area for you
2: yeah look look, absolutely so so today the main part of our business is a crypto trading platforms obviously obviously a centralized exchange but We treat our business as an ecosystem and so we also have, we've got a whole range of investments into decentralized technologies as well. We run, you know, Trust Wallet as an example. There are lots of parts of our business and and the way that we approach investment is we play strategic bets. So while we know that today, a centralized exchange is where people feel comfortable because, you know, it's an easy way to get into crypto because it has a username and a password. We also see that you know as people get more comfortable, they might choose to start to self-custody a portion of their their crypto as well. So we take a real portfolio approach. So if you look across the Binance Labs investments, they're really quite varied, and we we also do a lot of work in terms of in terms of charity and education. So it's very very spread. So as I say, today the major part of our business is a cryptocurrency exchange. It probably won't be in the future, but. You know, frankly, we, we don't know where that might be, and we get we get led there by by our users. So when we you know set up a crypto-only exchange six years ago, we had no idea that it would end up being kind of where it is today. And, mm-hmm. and I think anybody who says that they can predict where Web three is going is probably wrong. I think that yeah. the, we're, we're lucky enough to be able to you know place lots of bets and keep an eye on you know kind of where where sentiment's going.
0: Yes, that's right. And I've had the opportunity to speak to a couple of other major exchanges too, and they're not doing dissimilar things, investing across the Web three space, not knowing where it's going to go, but having having a spread across the sector so that they are in a position to be part of the the next generation of 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 the web. This is so inspiring. Tell me, you. When you're looking at these investments, do you ever get involved with Angel or do you start at round A? Do you primary co-invest? Do you ever acquire? What sort of things happen there?
2: The answer is yes to all of those. So it really is on a, on a, on a case by case. So the way one, one of the great things about an investment from Binance Labs is it's not just cash, it also comes with relationships, connections and you know, expertise in just in this yeah. space. And, and it really does depend on, you know, what the opportunity is. And so, so I would be, you know, in just, in just this market, I'd be looking at. Three, four opportunities a month, some months could be 10 other months. And it, and it really does differ. Some are looking for um, minority investment majority. Some are looking for complete buyouts. Yeah, it really, really does, does differ. I think one of, one of the, the great things about being a young company is that we're not tied to kind of the old ways of doing things. So we can be flexible and that's how we've you know how we've been successful today is we can be flexible and adjust the strategy to you know to the opportunity
1: yeah so i have one last question from eban which you being in the forefront of observing the trends and the participation from the larger masses who are trying to understand the industry and make the right investments and and do the right things in terms of figuring this out what are the long-term goals and vision for Binance Australia and New Zealand, especially in light of evolving regulatory landscape, which is actually a Herculean task, if I can, if I can use that term? Can, also, you know, can, and can you also provide insights into companies' plan for innovation and staying at the forefront of cryptocurrency industry? Because from my vantage point, the regulatory landscape and innovation are at, at odds and and how do you balance that you know what's the balancing act uh, that that Binance Australia New Zealand uh, embarks upon in, in staying current and at the same time compliant
2: yeah sure so so in, t- in terms of vision our vision has always been to grow the freedom of money to so to make money more accessible to more people and that, and that, that of course is what crypto does and so that's, that's always been our focus. And, and so that translates into growth and adoption, which, you know, that's growth and adoption is the outcome, but the input needs to be increased confidence, increased trust, which comes through regulation, increased understanding, which comes through through education. So regulation is, uh, we don't see it as at odds. Uh, we see it as, as, as a prerequisite because in order for, you know, anything to go mainstream, people need to be able to engage in it in a safe way that they trust. And so how that looks um, is not yet established with uniformity across the world. We, we're, we're just at that early stage of each jurisdiction working out what that means locally, so I think there's a, there's a long way to go in, in, in terms of understanding each jurisdiction and then how those fit together globally in, in what is, as I said before, international industry, but you know we don't, we don't see that those are at odds but the regulation has to be fit for purpose and it has to be flexible enough to accommodate an industry which does change by the day the week the month so yeah that's that's probably as much as i can say now because i don't have a crystal ball i wish i did how how we look to keep at the forefront of that is you know you said it's a herculean task we you know we we're up for it we've taken it on and that means engaging with regulators all around the world who are looking at this and that, and that's exactly what we do so in my part of the world we you know we, we have regular meetings, consultations, engagements with policymakers, with regulators, with those industry bodies that influence them and you know and, and then you just multiply that by all of the markets around the world that Binance operates in. And we're doing that all the time. Because we we want to make sure that regulation comes, that it's you know, the right regulation and that it's in the interest of Consumers, as well as you know, as as, as well as the traditional traditional industry, I, I I think if I take the current consultation on treasury as an example from treasury as an example, you know, so responding to that consultation, we have our local team, but then we draw on our global resources, our you know our policy team who are working with regulators in in Europe, in the Middle East, or all around the world on what their regulations look like, so that we can add some of that experience and some of those thoughts and and that, that really is the focus at the moment for, you know, getting regu- the right kind of regulations up. In, ter- in terms of how, you know, we we see the future, we see that crypto adoption will grow to levels in developed countries that it is growing to in developing countries. Once we can get the regulatory settings right, we want to be a big a big part of that. But what we think, you know, what we see happening right now is the traditional you know the banking industry is starting to get into into crypto you know having having been pretty stridently against it previously we're seeing big banks all around the world making quite serious investments either buying their own exchanges or building their own in-house teams and you know building their own their own projects often for institutional customers so far. So I think the, the industry will look quite different, it'll be a lot more diverse, we'll have input from the traditional banking sector. You know, The, the question for us is where, where will we fit in that and will consumers look to what will then be traditional crypto exchanges or will they look to their bank and what role will those two play together and I think we're only as an industry working that out right now.
1: Mm. That's brilliant. Thank you for that, Ben. I think that's quite comprehensive, and I, you know, I certainly wish you luck on, the, on that front. It's it's truly a challenging task, and and I think you need, you know, you certainly have the right mindset for that. So it's great.
0: Thank you, yeah. appreciate it. Thanks very much, Ben. It's it's you know to to be ahead of, of the regulations is impossible because the regulations have to follow the technology, and the technology is getting developed on a constant basis. So it's likely that we'll see regulations just steadily evolve in each country over the following years as the technology evolves too. And so it's going to be an ongoing discussion, but it's so good to hear a grassroots discussion from yourself about the participation of Binance, both as a citizen in the space, as an educator in the space, and just the enormity of 150 million users. You know, there's very few, if any, exchanges in the world that have got 150 million users in them, traditional or otherwise. So, So, quite extraordinary. Um, Great to see that you engage with Australia um, in the manner of which you're doing. Look forward to having you on the show again and and having a discussion about where the regulations have been implemented in the not too distant future. Thanks very much, Ben.
2: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Ben.
1: Love the conversation.
0: We hope you enjoyed our weekly conversation. If you have any questions, comments or suggested topics, please contact Nitin Gower or myself on the emails displayed here or via our LinkedIn profiles. Feel free to subscribe and share with like minded friends. Stay well, inquisitive and engaged. See you next week.